Beach, the only place to read your emails and tweets. It's Wednesday, April 29th. I'm Jay Skeets alongside me. Thanks to the power of technology, Tass Millis. Hey, everybody out there. Hey, Tassie, we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Lee, Lee, and last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Thanks again. Sincerely, thanks to everybody who sent in questions over the last week or so. As always, keep them coming. Email us, nodunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in, at nodunksinc, or use that hashtag, nodunks. Also, big news yesterday. Big, big news. After 15 years of podcasting, we were finally nominated for the Webby Awards Best Sports Podcast. Hit the music, JD. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We, uh are nominated alongside a 30 for 30 podcast, CJ McCollum's podcast, a few others out there. So we want to win this damn thing. Is that right, gentlemen? Oh, yeah. We're, dude, yes. oh, we're coming for you, CJ. <laughs> oh. we've, uh, we've tweeted out the link. We've shared it on Instagram. It's up on Facebook. So if you've been a fan of the show for 15 years or, hell, 15 weeks, do us a solid. We don't ask for much. Do us a solid and throw a vote for no dunks. You go to the Webby Awards site. Again, we've shared all the links on our social media platforms. You do have to sign up, so it's uh, you can't be like a bot out there. you got to be a real person with a real email account. Sign up. Doesn't take long. Cast your vote for No Dunks, and maybe we'll win a Webby. Oh, wouldn't that be <laughs> crazy? Wow. be huge. we got nine more days, and like you're saying, Skeets, you got to be a real person. You can't be a bot, but you can pull a Chicago election, and you can fake it. Make a fake email address and sign <laughs> no, up and vote no, for us. No, no, do not do that. I think it says do specifically, it. don't do that in the rules. No, come on. No, do it as much fans. as you can. We got to stuff that ballot box. We're trying to take this home, rub it in CJ McCollum's face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the very least, use your second or third email <laughs> yes, address. Yes, sure. That's right. And, and sure, use your mom's name or your cousin's name as your second email address or your third email address. I don't think that's cheating if you have multiple email addresses already in use. And well, yeah, yeah, CJ, we, we want you to, uh, we're competing with you, but if you want to come on the pod anytime, you're more than welcome as well. Oh, good call. Oh, that'd be a nice little uh, battle to have. If, if we beat him, he has to come on our podcast. Yeah. Or I if like he that. beats us, he has to come on our podcast. Yeah, How about that? yeah, that'll show him. Um, we also really would like if we could, uh, I know we're getting greedy now, not only do we want to win uh, the best sports podcast uh, of the Webby Awards, we would like to perfectly end with 69% of the vote. <laughs> so don't vote too much, right? You know, let's get it right in that sweet spot because that'd be very nice. Like for right. Dennis Rodman signing with the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> That's right. I saw that little piece of news. He wasn't allowed to from the NBA. Isn't that right? Yeah. At yeah. the press conference, he, he he raised up jersey number 69. Yeah. But then the Mavs said, uh-uh, you can't play in that. Add one to that. So he played in number 70. Crazy stuff. Not as nice. All right. So we got a lot of great questions here. Let's get into them. First one, dear No Dunks crew, like you all, I have been eagerly watching The Last Dance, and I have a beach step in question for you. Did Jerry Krause inadvertently cement J- Jordan and the Bulls' legacy by breaking up the team after the 98 season? Would they have realistically been able to compete for the title in the following years? This angle has probably been proposed before, but thought it would be interesting to hear you guys' thoughts. Turn up, love you guys. Awesome. That's from Neil. Mm, good question, Neil. This was uh, I don't know if this has been out there before, but I love the idea. I love breaking it down. So I'll start. Here's why they do repeat, and then I'll get to maybe why they don't. Um, after, you know, we're talking about the 98-99 season, which is the lockout-shortened season. And I think, and you guys can chime in here, I think that helps the Bulls' chances at this point in their careers, obviously getting a little longer in the tooth. A shortened season 
I think some gives the Bulls as good a shot as a, to win this thing as anyone. Agree? Disagree? Oh, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Taking 32 yeah. regular season games less, and they just get a longer break after last season. For sure, it helps them. Yeah. I, you know, you've still got MJ, of course, in this hypothetical. You're going to have Scotty. You got Kukoc probably taking on a larger role and, you know, probably balling out at, at the best of his abilities in the NBA, at least. You're likely retaining like a free agent like Steve Kerr. It's going to be interesting to see what you will do with your bigs. Phil Jackson probably has a duo tang titled The Last Distance. Or something like that. Um, well, if you notice in the first episode, he's showing that like a thing that says the last dance with a question mark at the right. end. So maybe he just changes it to a period for the 99 yeah. season. Or an exclamation mark. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's why I'm not buying that they would have four-peated in a row. I, I just, I don't buy it. Because once you call it the last dance, once you're basically declaring, hey, this thing is over, I think it's just really, 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 really difficult to come back and win. It, it just shows. Yeah, they were the first team to three-peat in the modern era. It just doesn't happen all that often. And the, yeah, these but, dynasties but, end. Yeah, th- fair. They eventually always have to. But the East, I mean, they're getting to the finals. The eighth-seeded Knicks represented the East this year in this weird lockout-shortened season. You're, you're trying to tell me MJ and company can't get past the Knicks again? Come on. Yeah, well, uh, MJ retired twice after winning three times because he was done. I think everyone was done. Everyone knew that they were done. He doesn't need any help cementing his legacy from Jerry Krause. But I think I, I think the, Neil is right. I think this, it, it puts a little polish on the trophy case, a little cherry yeah. on the Sunday because it ended that way. And, and I talked about after when we uh, recapped the first two episodes of The Last Dance, Jordan at the end of the 97 season, when, when they're having their exit interviews, he's at the press conference. One of the first scenes is him saying, we deserve the right to defend our championship in this coming season, coming up. They, they didn't know if they were going to be able to do that. And, and so I thought to myself, I thought, well, they also didn't get the chance to defend the 98 championship. But at the same time, I think this was the perfect ending. They just they just didn't have it. and They didn't have it anymore. Jordan retired. The most competitive player said, I'm he was done pushed into retirement, though. That's the thing, is yeah. that he wanted to keep playing with Phil. He wanted to keep playing with Scotty. I think yeah. the bigger question is, how are they able to retain Scotty Pippen? Because he went from making $2.5 million a year to $11.5 million a year. Jordan was playing on one-year deals at that point, yeah. 30 and then $33 million. So you're talking about a massive cap already uh, just between Jordan and Pippen. And, you know, I mean, they definitely did have different rules back then with how you're able to go over the cap and that kind of thing. Um, but the main thing for me is that Jordan's legacy was cemented long before the 97-98 season. So you watch through, like, the 96 finals. They're already calling him the greatest player to ever play basketball. And that's before finishing off the second three-peat. Yeah. I guess here are my two reasons why they don't hypothetically repeat. Um, one, Jordan's finger is a legit possibility, right? Because he slices his, his right index finger on a cigar cutter, of course, <laughs> in the Bahamas after what we saw, the last dance, after that final season. And they thought initially, okay, he cut his finger. All right, you know, whatever, five, six weeks, it heals up. But it was, you know, again, by going back, reading the newspaper reports and stuff like that, it was really severe. Like, he really messed up a tendon in there to the point where he's saying it was going to, um, I remember, screw up his golf game. He couldn't hold, he couldn't get a good grip on his club anymore. He couldn't palm a basketball as easy. So maybe that has some effect on him. I mean, you think it would on your shooting hand, but he's Michael Jordan, so he probably figures out how to just shoot with his left hand or something like that. And the other reason, it's um, Tim Duncan. And that's what the most fascinating... I think the Bulls easily, easily get to the finals. 
I'm fascinated um, what happens against the Spurs if the Spurs are still there in this hypothetical. Do the Bulls win their seventh in nine years? Or is oddly like that sort of dynasty torch pass to a young Tim Duncan at that point? That's what's fascinating to me because the big, you know, David Robinson and Tim Duncan, I think would have caused some problems maybe for, for the Bulls. And that would have been one hell of a series. I don't know if you agree with that, Lee. Yeah, it's it's tough to see because uh, you know Tim Duncan was so young, but he was a very good player. But you would sort of think that the experience of Jordan and the Bulls and the motivation to win that fourth one would be enough. You, the Bulls probably would have had home court advantage as well. So you know, if veterans like Carl Malone, you know, and Clyde Drexler and Charles Barkley weren't able to beat Jordan, it's tough for me to see Duncan doing it in his first try. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think the most important thing though is there is, is what we sort of said off the top there is getting that sort of load management forced upon them as well. You know, so that they didn't have to slog through the entire season. They could have come in by the time they would have gotten to the finals. That would have been almost like a normal regular season. So, yeah, I, I think I think if every piece comes back together, and Trey pointed out there about the Scotty Pippen one, because if Scotty Pippen got that huge contract offer from uh, the Rockets, I believe it was, then he's like, you know what, I've won my titles. It's time for me to get paid. Maybe he shoots off anyway. So uh, that that's another fascinating question. But really, the funniest thing I'm is gonna, with Jordan. Lee, apart I want to put. Can I? Can I push back yeah. on, you said the Bulls would have home court advantage. See, I think in this hypothetical, they wouldn't at all because, you know, they're mailing it in probably in the regular season to some extent. They're still going to be an elite team, but they're not gunning for the number one spot. They know they can beat anybody. And the Spurs were like 37 and 13 in that shortened season. Yeah. Like they were amazing. So yeah. I don't think they have home court advantage. The Bulls don't. I, don't I think know. they're I on mean, the road in that series. What do, you, what do you think the Bulls record is though that season? Like it's no worse than like 34 and 16, if you ask me, <sighs> in, in 50 yeah, I, games. So I guess. I mean, you know. <laughs> you're right. I got to go through the uh, pretend schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think the funniest thing is though, apart from Jordan when he, when he broke his ankle in, uh, in his second season there, he didn't really. He was a you know an iron man. He played a lot. So it would have been kind of funny if the most severe injury after the ankle was him cutting his finger. On a on a cigar, cigar cutter, cutter that, yeah. you know that that cost him uh, potentially a fourth championship in a row. That would be yeah. kind of uh, funny, but yeah, it's a good it's a good question though because you know the fact is that Jordan didn't go out and so they didn't lose. So it's always better to go out on top and wonder like, man, how far could they have oh, gone? For sure, for sure. You know, so it's it, it's it's actually way better. I think that it did end the perfect way with that jump shot. You know, over the Jazz. Um, and, and obviously stealing the ball from Carl Malone as well before that. Like, that, that is what we remember, of course, of the final Jordan Bulls play. Yeah, and every argument in every barbershop in every cafe is, hey, Michael Jordan is better than LeBron because he was 6-0 and in the finals. And I, I think you guys are, are, are simplifying it too much in that you think teams can just go out and repeat and repeat and repeat, and we haven't seen a four-peat since the Boston Celtics back back then back way back in the 50s and 60s so it's it's I think Jerry Krause did everybody a favor in a crazy way and and I do think sure MJ and Scotty yeah the, it didn't work out for them and maybe they got pushed out but if MJ goes to Jerry Reinsdorf and says fire Jerry Krause or I'm retiring and Phil's and Phil's gone and Scotty's gone they get one more chance I think they're all just sort that's of mentally happened. done that's exactly what happened it was Kraus versus MJ and Phil the entire time during the 97-98 season. Um, so Kraus was chosen. Reinsdorf chose Kraus, and that's why the Bulls haven't been back to the finals in 22 years. Well, MJ should have spoke a little louder. I mean, is MJ, it was Phil Jackson, obviously. Yeah, Phil Jackson lost to Jerry Kraus. But, I mean, if MJ really spoke up, and, and I don't don't know the history exactly, but 
how could he not have won that if he really, really, that's, really that's wanted to That's the huge question about the end of the Bulls dynasty is how did Jerry Krause choose – or how did Reinsdorf choose Krause over Jordan? That's right. the craziest thing. Because to me, it was 100% MJ is coming out and saying, we'll keep this going. We will keep this going as long as you keep bringing us all back. And Krause was saying, we got to start rebuilding at some point because you guys are making these points. It's hard to keep winning championship after championship after championship. Meanwhile, all the players and coaches are saying, we got to keep going and we'll do it until we lose. Yeah. Unfortunately, Reinsdorf chose the Krause side. What a perfect ruse. It seems like this, this whole spat was just fabricated. Yeah, we'll pretend that we want to go for a fourth, but you know what? I just want to retire. I'm all done. Call it a career. Who knows? Who knows? Let's go. Great question, Neil. Got us fired up here already. First one. All right, next one here, though. We're talking about the trade machine, guys. Hey, no Dunkaroos. Due to quarantine boredom, I've been trying to think of some NBA trades and wondered who says no in a potential trade between the 76ers and Celtics. The trade is Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward to Philadelphia in exchange for Ben Simmons and Al Horford. The new starting fives would be Simmons, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Horford, yes, back in Boston, while Walker, Josh Richardson, Hayward, Harris, and Embiid would be Philly's starting five. Let me know what you guys think. That's from Dean. Oh, Dean in Hampshire, England. (laughs) I said that because we used to have a guy in high school, me and my buddy Dub would always say, oh, what does Dean think? Oh, Dean, what do you think? I don't know why we would always say this, and then we would just say, shut up, Dean. Not too deep, but you just say it to ourselves. Anyway, Dean, great email. Tass, what do you think about that hypothetical? Oh, we're at the point of quarantine where we're talking about Dean. <laughs> Shut up, Dean. Quarantine. Uh, you know, you need one of these who says no in every mailbag. You need one of these. And at first, sure. at, at first I thought, Dean's on to something here. It sort of makes sense. But then okay. thinking about it, I think Philadelphia says no in a heartbeat. I, I just don't think Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward do it uh, for in exchange for Ben Simmons. The Sixers are giving up the best player in Ben Simmons. And, yeah, Kemba Walker's made a ton of good shots, ton of big shots in his career and, and could space the floor with Embiid. But he's also six years older than Ben Simmons. Uh, and even though I think the Sixers' ceiling is higher with a great Joel Embiid, than it is with the best Ben Simmons we've seen thus far. I think you can rely on that Ben Simmons a heck of a lot more than you can rely on Joel Embiid. So I, I just I wouldn't pull this off. It doesn't seem like the Sixers would trade their future in the 23-year-old Ben Simmons for a 29-year-old Kemba Walker, and I'm kind of just pushing Gordon Hayward and Al Horford aside a little bit here. That Those are the most important parts. And yeah, it's clogged in there in that Philadelphia lane, but... I don't trade Simmons right now. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think that um, despite the fact that the offense might look a lot better with Kemba Walker handling the ball and, you know, running pick and roll with Embiid, you got a little bit more shooting out there uh, with Richardson, Harris, and Hayward now on the wing. I still think that the ceiling is certainly higher for a young Ben Simmons who is bringing it on the defensive end, setting up all kinds of shots for the Sixers. It doesn't always look great, but... When you have two elite superstars uh, in Simmons and Embiid, you are able to space them out, right? You're able to stagger their lineups. And I don't necessarily think, as we've seen in the past, that Kemba Walker can carry a team quite like, it sounds crazy, but like quite like Ben Simmons can. You know, Ben Simmons has been making the playoffs basically since he's been healthy in the NBA and since he's had a team around him. Whereas Kemba Walker, we saw when he was the number one guy, it was a struggle to get the Hornets into the playoffs. Yeah, I, a Philadelphia wouldn't do this trade, but I'm just, we're in quarantine, so rules are a bit different right now. I'm saying, let's just look at it for purely this season. Let's just say, 
And I don't mind it for both teams. I think it actually does help Philadelphia sort of unclog a little bit. And again, Kemba Walker's only 29, so I'm not worried about his contract. I'm not worried about three years down the track and how you're going to pay him and all that stuff. For purely in a series, I think this would be a pretty interesting matchup here. I think it's good. I think defensively, the Sixers, uh, the uh, Celtics are going to be very, very good. Oh, but they would I be think, amazing with Simmons yeah. and Jalen Brown and then Horford as your, and, yeah, your back. And, and Smart, Smart as oh my well. God. Yeah. But they, yeah. I worry about their shooting with Simmons and Smart. I know Smart's pretty streaky, but that, that worries me a little bit. Yeah, but but then again, you've got Brown and Tatum, who you know can do the bulk of the shooting, and Horford's yeah. a good shooter too. So, um, you know, he? again, in, in, in quarantine conditions... In a seven-game series, I think this would be a pretty fascinating <laughs> matchup. So yeah. uh, I, I like this question, Dino. I wonder if yeah. Dino knows old uh, Warney. Warney played for Hampshire for a few years. Oh, oh really? No, yeah. I gotta yeah. give credit to you guys for even being able during the quarantine to like wrap your head around uh, future NBA stuff. Like I'm fine <laughs> looking 20 years in the past, but I can't even look at a draft board right now. Or we get emails saying, "Hey, get, can you guys pretend that the playoffs are happening and go through every series?" <laughs> what the hell? No, I can't do that. <laughs> Come on, Dean. Wrap my head around that, Dean. Shut up, Dean. Shut up, Dean. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's a, it is a fun, uh, a fun trade, potential trade here between the 76ers. Yeah, and, and I guess Dean is implying that the Sixers want to blow it up with this trade. That they're sort of stagnating at a point, and I think that's what sort of Lee is kind of hinting at. Like, it does, and yeah. then Trey said it doesn't look pretty. Their winning percentage is actually is dropped since the last two seasons with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Things aren't looking great. They're going to win 50 games, and maybe at some point they're going to blow it up. But uh, they're probably going to fire their coach first. I'd imagine that Brett Brown, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, gets axed first before one of these guys gets dealt. But maybe quarantine saved Brett Brown's job. Who knows? I'd be curious to see if Dean is a Boston Celtics fan. Because when you Mm. see this new starting five with Simmons, Brown, and Tatum, you're like, wow, that might be the best young core you could have in the NBA right now. And then you look (laughs) at Philadelphia, and you're like... Kemba, Josh Richardson, Gordon Hayward, and Tobias Harris. That is an eighth seed without Embiid uh, in the Eastern Conference, if you ask me. You think he mm. might be a Beantown boy, eh? I'm up to you. I'm on to you, Dean. Dean the Bean. <laughs> was uh, What do you mean? Dean Town boy. He's a Dean Town boy. Was your, was your high school pal Dean a, a Celtics fan? Uh, no, I don't think he liked sports. He had a ponytail. I, I, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Guys who have a ponytail. I actually, th- this, is ponytail. Like, I, this is sounding mean. It was actually sort of like we really we did like Dean, but it just became a running joke. I don't know why, uh, but it was very funny to us anyway next one good morrow no dunks brethren and musty boys what i'm a long time fan first time emailer i actually caught some residual cake from buddy healed back in vegas oh Oh, our summer league shows giving everybody a cake Mm. yeah buddy chucked that thing uh i was wearing a knockoff FIBA Canada Steve Nash jersey, as is tradition at Summer League. After watching The Last Dance, I somehow ended up going down a Charles Oakley rabbit hole. Upon further review, I saw that he actually had some pretty productive years in Toronto. In 2001, at 37 years old, he averaged 9.6 points per game. We didn't fact check that, but I think it's probably true. (laughs) Uh, That's one of the highest averages at that age for a non-star player. Didn't fact check that either. No, I I don't know that part, but he's definitely right about the uh, 9.6. as a 37-year-old. All right. I was wondering how you guys remembered Oakley on the wraps and if you had any good memorabilia. A signed program, perhaps? Maybe. (laughs) Uh, My question is, who are some of your favorite current or former crafty vets? Lastly, I'm all in on the armpit cleanse. 
sweating way less than before shaving the pits didn't do much for the stink though that's from (laughs) that was trey's recommendation and that is from jordan from rockford illinois hometown of fred van vliet rockford this one's for you baby Thank you so much for the email, Jordan. Uh, I'll just quickly throw in Oakley, a uh, comment about Oakley. I loved Charles Oakley on the Raptors. I loved those power forwards that couldn't do much more than pick with their barrel chest and then shoot a 17-footer from mid-range. I loved Oakley, and I loved the fact that he was like uh, what he was for Michael Jordan, for Vince Carter in the Toronto days. He mm-hmm. was supposed to be his bodyguard. Didn't really end up the same way, but he definitely pushed Vince. And uh, I loved him so much that in 2010, we were in Dallas for an all for All Star Weekend. Somehow ran into Charles Oakley at the bar, and I asked him if I could buy him a shot or a drink. And he said, "Yeah, vodka." And he's the one. <laughs> he's the one who ordered it. We did a quick shot of vodka. It was ice cold. It was great. He shot it back. Obviously, didn't flinch whatsoever. And he paid for it as well because he's oh. Charles Oakley. So <laughs> great stuff. I love great the assist. He's, he mm. actually racked up some assists in his career. You don't think of him as a passer, but that was nice. Lee, you got an answer for this one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't a big Zach Randolph fan in his early days. Uh, I just didn't really like him out in Portland. But when he became, uh, to, when he went to the Grizzlies, he became one of my favorite players because for a guy who never really seemed to get off the ground. He was an incredible scorer, I thought, you know, like he had his way of sort of getting in there and just doing those little flip ups, those little dinkers and dumpers. And I just think it's a great example of a guy who wasn't super athletic, but he really forged a great career out there in Memphis. You know, he became a two time all star. And I just love the way that he used to go to work, you know, a a couple of times against bigger and more athletic defenders. He would still find a way to get his shot off, whether it was that little jump shot that took forever to release, but still, it would just go up and loop in the basket. And then other times, he would just use his body to get inside and score. And uh, I just, I think a lot of players could sort of watch and learn from Zach as their careers, you know, decline and your athleticism isn't quite as good, uh, how to become still an effective uh, scorer, an effective uh, guy who can, um, you know, make plays for his team. So, yeah, yeah, big Zach guy here a good one i've got a similar one i think uh definitely not the most athletic guy we ever saw but had the dinks and the dumps and just got it done luis scola oh Oh, yeah love luis scola watching him play you're like how is this guy in the nba i mean he came to the nba what when he was like 27 years old obviously has a ton of international success with uh, the argentinian team but he was amazing he was fun i mean he was like of course like a, a big version of ginobili in some ways right with his craftiness and just like putting his back to the basket and flipping it up and being a bit of a playmaker down there when he needed to i had to i couldn't believe it he averaged 18 8 and 3 in houston one year as a 30 year old oh, damn pretty good numbers yeah. uh, for a guy like scola but uh yeah just impeccable footwork down there and just uh, very crafty so scola is my answer yeah, unfortunately, if you happen there, to like, get on an elevator with him, he does not want to chat. <laughs> let me tell you that much. Yeah, back to Vegas, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I think he was still like the Argentina leading scorer last year at the World Championships, too. Yeah, Remember, that's he right. He's incredible. Yeah, that's right. And he, what's, he, what's he now, like 40, 39? I don't know what he is. He, I mean, yeah, he has to be, you think. I'll uh, look it up. He's, 30, he's 39. It's his birthday yeah. today. Yeah, it's, oh, his it's his birthday, birthday. tomorrow. Wow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Wow. Happy birthday, Luis. <laughs> he turns Happy birthday. Scola. I wish we could 40. have a birthday party in, a, in an elevator. Smile out of him. Yeah, exactly. He came into the starter's studio when they had that sort of that transfer or the uh, crossover broadcaster NBA player 
transition thingy majig a few years yeah. ago. He was mm-hmm. in the studio. Wild. Wild to think Lee, about. Who, I mean, sorry, Trey, who do you have for your answer? I'm going to go with the current guy who I can't believe is actually still in the NBA. 14 seasons for J.J. Barea. <laughs> and it's basically just because he was an incredible pick-and-roll player with Dirk Nowitzki, so he's got that Mavericks pedigree, and he's going to stick around and be a Maverick backup third-string point guard, I don't know, until we are like 50 years old or something like that. It feels like forever ago that we saw J.J. Barea guarding LeBron James in the post in the NBA Finals. But he's still ticking. I mean, he didn't play a whole lot this year, 26 games for the Mavs during the season. But just doing the same things, being a little guy, getting the ball up on the rim and figuring out how to manipulate that pick and roll. He's got one thing, but he does it well. Doing good things for his home country of Puerto Rico, too. That's right. Yeah, that's a good one. Tass, do you have any other ones uh, you want to throw in there? I think I'm good. You guys (laughs) named some great ones. Yeah, you're a big, uh, you're a big Scola guy. You like those I type love, of guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, you know I'm a dinker and a dumper. I yeah. like, I like being below the rim. I like flicking the wrist. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, next one here. This one's from Eric. Hey, no doinkers. I'm obviously missing the season and your daily podcast about the NBA. However, it's been really cool hearing more of JD throughout the week. Mm-hmm. It would be awesome if he watched basketball. <laughs> what is my, qu- <laughs> yeah. uh, my question, if you had to recommend a team for JD to follow, who would you pick? Now, the tricky part is you have to base your selection on non-basketball-related reasons, such as the Dion Waiters edible situation, <laughs> or maybe the Bucks because he loves the Lopez brothers. Keep pumping out the classics again. That's from Eric. Mm. All right, JD, let me ask you one simple question to determine your favorite NBA team. Okay. Do you like Will Smith? No, I do not. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. I mean, um, do I? Let me put it this way I don't love uh-oh. Will Smith. Right. I'm not. Right, I'm not. I'm not have a f- I never pitch. watched the, the, the Fresh Prince or whatever. Oof. Well, this is the tough. Fresh Prince. In that case, allow me to recommend the Atlanta Hawks to you. They're the only team in the NBA who with one of their owners, was on Seinfeld. We're talking Jamie Gertz here. She was on mm-hmm. Seinfeld. She would not spare a square. She was <laughs> on the sex lines with Kramer. That's my best pitch if you're not a Will Smith fan. Yeah. I had a whole bunch of classic team-ups you could be. You could have been the Tommy Lee Jones to Will Smith. You could have been Martin Lawrence. You could have even been Kevin James. Instead, you've got to be a fan of Jamie Gertz. Well, what, 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 what team is Will Smith? Uh, he owns part of the 76ers. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. I thought. I mean, but, I thought you could have gone with the Heat too, right? I mean, wow. Yeah, I thought that's where you're going, like Miami. Yeah, welcome to Miami. Huh. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay, Trey <laughs> makes the pitch for the Hawks. Listen, uh, the Hawks. I live in Atlanta, so that's handy. Yeah, that is very <laughs> handy. <laughs> yep. I'll yeah. throw out the Houston Rockets, JD. Oh, never. Uh, Never. Why, why not? I think you're a Russell Westbrook guy. You're a def, you're a defiant guy on the basketball mm-hmm. floor. You 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 don't want to be friends. And they're sort of the bad boys of this era. Nobody really likes them mm-hmm. as the anti basketball guy okay. here. I, yeah, I think I think you can build a bit of a force field around the. Like, you're just the one team that nobody likes. Not that nobody likes you, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't actually. T- <laughs> uh, okay, so you're saying they're the bad boys of the league? Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. They're, yeah, they're doing it differently. I know you like to be. You like to be different. I like to be different. That's true. Okay. That's true. Okay. All right, Lee. 
Yeah, well, I was trying to think of JD's favourite player, and I think it's Matt Barnes. Is that right, JD, still? Well, he doesn't play anymore. Well, yeah, but he was your favourite I li- player. I, li- you? I enjoy Matt Barnes, yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to find a team with a player kind of like that. Um, you know, so like a Dion Waiters is kind of like mm-hmm. that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm looking. But Dion Waiters, you know, uh, is he on the Lakers? I can't even I was going to say, tell me who Dion Waiters plays for. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's on the Lakers, but then you wouldn't want the Lakers. I'm sure you wouldn't want, you know, that's that's not your sort of team. Mm. So I'm, I'm thinking more someone, well, it's... Pretty much just, the same. I'm Marcus Smart in Boston, you know, he's a bit of a sort of, you know, just scrapper. Just go with Russell Westbrook. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not that different. Guys, guys, guys. JD owns a t-shirt that says Bob Cajun on it. He's a Raptors fan, <laughs> yeah. all right? I mean, this guy is Mr. Canada. 100%. And it's partly because we live in Atlanta, right? If I move back to Toronto, I will be an insufferable about the fact that I lived in Atlanta. So yes. I'd be hawks everything, right? Like, yes. it's all about where I used to live. Yeah, yeah. you'll be in You want to be different. Like, the hat that says ATL on oh, yeah. it. And yeah, you'll mm-hmm. have, yep, yep, for sure. Yeah. You'll have a Claremont Lounge t shirt on all the time. 100%. My Marta yeah. shirt will be rocking that oh, every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. No, no, you're not wrong. That happens with a lot of people, I think. Mm hmm. All right, well, there's a couple of teams, so you can. Uh, Come back to us next week with uh, your, the, your fandom for the one particular team. <laughs> All right. All right. Next email here. Hey, No Dunks crew. Have you ever watched Nate Robinson's show on the Players' Tribune called House Guest? It's basically cribs with athletes. Since you recently reviewed the horse competition and found that the most interesting part was inside the players' houses, which guest would you want Nate to visit next time and why? Been a big fan for a long time. Keep up and be safe. That's Pedro in Brazil. Brazil. Um, I'll answer first very quickly. We talked about it at the end of Tuesday's NBA News Roundup podcast. We talked about Aaron Gordon and his music video. We got a glimpse of that living room, and I can't stop thinking about the starlight ceiling. <laughs> so I really need uh, that sort of Cribs episode where we really see what he's got going on in this weird house of his with the with the prints down the wall and this cool ceiling <laughs> that I can see. that like It's like I'm in Bob Cajun looking at the stars, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, Aaron Gordon is my answer. That's, uh, I'm keeping it simple. I'm also curious what that kind of window pane thing he kept yeah. looking through was because I was yeah. watching with the girls and they kept asking, "Is he in prison?" I'm like, "No, I don't, I don't know what he's doing." But uh, this is just his big house. They're like, "Is his house like Drake's?" I'm like, "Kind of, but not as big. He's not that big of a success yet. We'll see." Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I dipped into this Nate Robinson thing, looking around on the Players Tribune uh, website. Seems like he's only gone to, like, very fancy houses, no surprise. He was at Rick Ross's, Tony Hawk's, Skeets. I'm sure you checked out the Mike Bibby Oasis of Kicks episode. (laughs) Oh, yes. But I would like to see uh, Nate Rob go somewhere very unfancy, because to me, the most classic Cribs episode was when they went to Redman's house, and he was basically asleep. There was people just laying all over. He had obviously not cleaned up. So who would be along those same lines in the NBA. The only guy I can really guess is Steven Adams. Is he tending oh, to his yeah. lawn? Is he letting it grow over? Does he have, you know, all 12 of his siblings there living with him? Let's find out. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, I am fascinated to know if Jimmy Butler still has that uh, fish tank boombox thing that he had. <laughs> Remember that from a few years ago? Like yep. he had that, I think it was like 6,000 fish or something he had in there. I can't remember exactly. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's moved around a bit in the last few years. So does that go with him? And where is it? Oh, and imagine the, moving uh, that. Ugh. Oh, I know. 
I know. I mean, how many fish must die a day in there if you've got that many in there? Probably a lot. Unless they eat each other. Maybe they just eat each other. Are you an aquarium guy, Lee? Uh, yes. Yes, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> but do you have one? No. No, I don't. Have, I used to have, I, I used to have uh, fish when I was a kid. That was the only pet that I was... I mean, pet. I mean, yeah, that was salty as a pet. Yeah. yeah fish I had two. Pets. I had two goldfish. Shoes and socks was their name. And they lasted, <laughs> I would say, about a week. If that. If that. Oh, wow. You know, and big I aquarium guy. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge, huge aquarium guy. Well, I'm, I'm the big fish man here. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was because I didn't feed them or I just changed their water. Like, because you know when you get excited when you get a when you get a fish and you change their water because you, you want to tend to them all the time so i just kept changing their water probably every like second day oh, i don't know if i just didn't good. get yeah i don't know if i got the mix right and i might have just poisoned them to death but uh they went down the they went down the toilet and uh and that was it never had fish again wow wow okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, shoes and socks tough one for those guys yeah, yeah, yeah. i wonder who went first they're like another water change are you kidding me no, no, no. <laughs> i'll throw in a vote for Serge uh okay. we all know he, he he's he's my fuzzy the chef um and so I want to get into that kitchen, have some of those Congolese treats. I'm up for some weird stuff. He makes brain and intestine and snake. Um, I'm, I'm up for that every once in a while. And I want to see in, in his walk-in closet what fashion's really working in there. I, I know he's Mr. Fashion. And also the third reason is during these YouTube videos, I find it difficult to understand him. Not just his accent, but he's so quiet. And uh, I think it would help if I was a little bit closer to his mouth. The camera was. Well, my no, my ear. Oh. Well, yeah, both, both. Wait, wait. I think no. If I was there, I mean, he's got a microphone right in his face, but it's still difficult to understand him. He's just a quiet guy. Mm. I think if I was there, I could hear him a lot better. Oh, I see. This is a personal cribs experience. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Going yeah, yeah. into his house. Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, Would you answer. eat a bull penis pizza if he served it as a snack? No bull. I'd be eating that penis pizza. <laughs> yeah. No bull. Those are the shoes of uh, Arturis. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Next one. Let's keep going here. Uh, hey, Dinkle Dunkertons. Longtime listener, first time emailer. A couple things came up last week that were too good to not to share. Uh, there, this is like three different things here. So we'll tackle these one at a time, guys. First, ever since Matteo left, I have felt a void left by the complainted area any chance we could get a new segment called melis's mulch mysteries mm. where Tass tells stories about mowing his lawn and skeets talks about walking around with his garden spade <laughs> digging weeds uh, Tass, what do you think not a bad idea something there uh, yeah you wait till the end of this podcast i might give you a mulch mystery oh oh god all right uh we like that part next one secondly Remember how everybody thought Trey voiced over the top five Drake audio sting you guys play? I heard a song the other day I could have sworn was JD singing. At second 26 of the song Rata by Tech 9 you can't convince me that's not JD saying, why you gotta do it, why you gotta do it. So I think we have the clip. Play it now. Mm-hmm. Why you gotta do it? Why? Why you gotta do it, bitch? Why you gotta do it? Why you gotta spew it? Hey, why you gotta spew it? That's so fucking foolish. Well, JD, what do you think? We'll start with you. Does that sound like you, or better yet, is that you? Well, well 
It's not me, but wow, that guy sounds really good. Like, what a performance. <laughs> Give him all the Grammys. The voice of an angel, you might say. Is it actually, is it Tech Nine singing that? Or is it, uh, is it Chris Calico? I have no idea what you just said there. <laughs> yeah. um, Great question. Yeah, no idea. What about the other guys? Do you guys think that does sound like JD? Oh, I can hear it. I can hear it in that, that second Y, actually, right off the top. Not <laughs> yeah, so much exactly. the first Y, but the second Y kind of drops. Why you gotta do it? Why? Why you gotta do it, bitch? Why you gotta do it? Why you gotta spew it? Hey, why you gotta spew you know, There's something it? Okay. that kind of gets a little horsey. That's yep. JD. A little gravelly. Yep. Yeah, a little froggy, you might say. Mm. Yeah. He's, he needs to do some vocal warm-ups. I think it is JD, and he slipped it in there, and he wanted to t- say it wasn't him so he could hear our feedback to know if he's going to really drop another track at some point so yeah i'm on to you jd <laughs> mm, okay uh final part of this third my dad jokingly said yesterday that he occasionally sits on the toilet backwards <laughs> as in a leapy he mounts the toilet yes he's in his mid 60s and i can most definitely say he does not listen to the podcast so i'm not sure if lee is vindicated or if my dad is also a little strange Love the podcast, guys. That's from Zach. All three of those things. Uh, the Mellis Mulch Mysteries, JD's song, and uh, mm. and his dad doing the leapy. What do you think, Lee? The, uh, yeah, there's no age discrimination on comfort. If you feel like going to the pee-pee that way, go for it. You can be young or old. If you feel comfortable. <laughs> I know Trey's done it. Trey's younger than me, so, uh, you know. <laughs> I guess kid, kids have done hey, I've seen too. my three-year-old do it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Good for a dude and 99. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lee. When you flush <laughs> shoes and socks down the toilet, were you backwards? <laughs> so, so you can see them. That's why he does it. That's why he created the leapy. So when he flushed his fish down the toilet, he could get a real good look at them. Taking a dump the last this time, time too. I yeah. guess that's the last time I'll ever have fish. Better enjoy these swirls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. How's it going, no dinky dunks? I don't know if Lee noticed that during the Cricket World Cup and the Ashes, Ben Stokes, Usman Kawaja, and others were all wearing PG 2.5 basketball shoes converted to cricket shoes by adding spikes. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but cricket and basketball was a sports crossover I didn't anticipate. But seeing this brings up a question. What random sport do you think would create a great crossover with basketball? That's from 16-year-old Callum in Northern Ireland. I love when you take uh, a trainer or a basketball shoe and add some spikes. That's why I, I'm always envious of seeing guys uh, golfing with Jordans on. Right. There's, there's every single Jordan has been made into a golf shoe, but like the three, I think, uh, and the five, the three retro and, and the five retro are super nice. They're not too clunky as golf shoes because you don't want like a big, thick basketball shoe. So that's why I could see that... Uh, the PG working too. It, it looks like a, like a real simple running shoe. It's, you know, low, low yep. pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's what I love. I love those. Am I naive in not really realizing that cricket players have spikes on their shoes? I never thought of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they do. Cause uh, yeah, you need to grip into the ground, especially yeah, when you're batting and bowling. I guess it's bowling. like baseball. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that, that pitch, I mean, that's rolled flat. So it's, it's quite slippery if you're just wearing normal sneakers like trainers wow. out there. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. yeah. And actually, Tass, well done on pronouncing Usman Kawaja, too. You did a great job on that. I thought I was going to have to jump in, but uh, you nailed it. Well done. Yeah, you, un- you unfortunately right. screwed up 
Ben Stokes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, oh, Bean, Bren... it's Bean Stokes. That <laughs> was Ben Strokes. Yeah. Well, I, I've got, I've got a, I've got a really creative crossover idea here, right? You know, we're always trying to find improvements into the game of basketball. So what I'm thinking is, you know, the first two quarters of basketball tend to not count for that much. People, you just usually tune out. They, they really only want to watch the second half. A lot of casual fans. So what I'm thinking is basketball becomes like tennis. Rather than four quarters dead, we play the best of five quarters, right? So you have to win three quarters. Now, okay, so sort of like the all-star game a little bit. Yeah, it is, it's a little a bit like that. Because, yeah. because think about it like this. If you've beaten the team in three quarters, then you're probably going to win the game anyway. So why even bother playing that fourth quarter? And if not, <laughs> if it's a close game, you get your four quarters, which we're used to. And then if it's a really good game... We get a, not just an overtime. We get a whole twelve minutes of extra basketball. Wow! wow. So we're going to keep them twelve minutes, eh? Well, the thing is, the thing is, again, it's already going to be a good game at this point. So people are going to want to stay. People aren't going to be like, "I got to get out of here. This is a boring game." Because if it's a boring game, it's over after three quarters. You're home early. So if the game's good, <laughs> fans stay in the seats. I, I okay. think. Uh, I think. I think there's something there. I think there okay. really is something there. Didn't the Raptors have like a massive fourth quarter comeback this season? You're taking that away from people, Lee. Uh, well, what court did they lose the first three quarters though? <laughs> I don't know. They were down Good thirty. Point. Yeah, yeah, they might have won the first quarter though and just had two bad ones in the second and third. <laughs> yeah. Back in the fourth, maybe, maybe. You know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, it would have been nice to just get home and attend to my fish after three quarters. <laughs> change the water another time. Yeah. Get home. That water's been in there for twenty-four hours. I change the water every quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any other crossovers uh, that, that would someone would like to pitch out there? How about a basketball and darts crossover where you're counting down from a number? Everybody starts at 111. You have to get to exactly zero. You know, the nine dart oh. finish in, in a darts championship is awesome where they just nail mm. every single shot in the precise order and everybody goes crazy. This would be similar. The fastest way you could get to 111 is by 37 threes, but... That's a risky strategy. Right, right, right. Okay. Oh, okay. You just made me think of something. Why don't when a guy on the fast break, he doesn't do a 360, but he does a 180, why don't the, the commentators go, 180? <laughs> we got to start adding that. That's great, right. yeah. I mean, if they ever let us broadcast another game we're and somebody that. throws down a reverse, we're in. Yeah, I guess it would be a reverse. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I think every time a broadcaster sees a guy spin, he calls it a 360. Yeah. Even if it's a, <laughs> Even if it's a 90 degree or if it's a reverse. Like, oh, that's a 360. I can't mm-hmm. decipher that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're right. All right. We got a lot more questions still to tackle here. But before we do, a quick word from our sponsors. If you know me, you know I love hydration. That's right, I'm a huge hydro head. We're talking sips on sips on sips anytime. I'm not speaking on the podcast, but what if I told you there's more to hydration than just water? Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Gotta make sure you're hydrated if you wanna keep your energy up. That's why each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes that your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. 
there are no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack if you can't decide. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply, and you can save even more with a monthly subscription. For 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code NODUNKS at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code NODUNKS for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code NODUNKS to step your hydration game up. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit, or tuxedo for their big day. As you know, the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine, and they weren't alone in their frustration. These are one-star reviews from competitor tux shops. Listen to these turds. First one reads, go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible, unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. Ayo! Second one, even worse. Quote, we felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. Smart. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. I buy everything online. Everything. Gazebos, gas fireplaces, and suits. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can get the feel, that fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it out one last time. Smart service here, boys. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. So let's save you some money. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, right reasons, right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with the code DUNKS. That's theblacktux.com code DUNKS for a cool 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. Did I say that like a question? Let me say it like a statement. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. I liked it more as a question. Okay, next one. Hi, nude uncles, this email starts. What? Is that referencing me telling everybody I sleep in the nude? I don't know. Maybe. Um, Like my friend Lee Ellis, I too like to collect old basketball cards. As a Bulls fan, the prize of my collection has been a card of Michael Jordan flying through space. As luck would have it, I used to work at a rocket company that occasionally allowed employees to send trinkets into space. This is amazing. I, of course, chose to send my MJ card. This may now be unique in history. The only basketball card to ever go to space. <laughs> My question for you, what is the most unique basketball moment that you observed or were a part of? Thanks for supplying us with the entertainment while on quarantine. That's from Austin. Spaceman Austin. Send an MJ yeah. into space. That's cool. Well, yeah. I used to work at a rocket company. Like, <laughs> wow. No one's <laughs> ever said that before. Yeah. I wonder if he's a rocket scientist. Um yeah, so you guys know how I'm, uh, I'm writing a book during quarantine. Yes. 
Well, yeah, well, right now I've sort of I'm on the like Steph Curry three point chapter, okay. um, and it's been it's been fun for me, obviously, to uh, to go through that because you know it starts off how I enjoyed the three point shootout as a kid, and then you know got to do it myself, and then obviously when Steph won, and he sort of referenced he had been watching our show and, and what I talked about, and then I got to shoot around with him. Yeah, so crazy, you know that's uh, yeah that that's obviously been a, a a fun story to sort of tell to myself <laughs> at the moment. It's a long chapter, I'll say that it's a long chapter. <laughs> that's uh, that. Yeah, I don't know how anybody's really going to beat that because that's pretty amazing. Like, in mm. 50 years from now, uh, you're going to be like, yeah, I shot around with, like, a two-time MVP, maybe more. Who knows yep. how many times you won a championship. That's pretty amazing. Like, one of the, you know, one of the better players of all time, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. <laughs> well, I'll stick with you. I'll stick that's with you. pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I was at the game uh, when the Warriors were up 3-1. And they lost game five, and it all turned around. And I was there, you know, doing hits for the starters. And I thought, and I said on the hit, well, of course the Warriors are going to take care of this. Yeah, Draymond Green's not here, but uh, it's just one game. And they've been dominating this series. And and in reality, I was uh, up in some some uh, offices there in the uh, in the arena with broadcasters, with Hall of Famers who are saying very similar things, like LeBron is done. He doesn't have a move. Uh, and then all of a sudden, things changed. So that was it was cool to be there for what was I thought was going to be a really fun night in Oakland um, yeah. and celebrating a championship uh, with the Warriors uh, faithful. But uh, it, was, it was cool that it turned around anyways. Yeah, and my moment uh, kind of plays off your moment because I got to give LeBron a fist pound in the locker room after the Game 7 3-1 comeback against the Warriors. And honestly, getting to bro down with LeBron during that series was pretty crazy. The guy would run through the tunnel and just smack me on the hip as he was running onto the court. That was no doubt my most unique basketball moment. <laughs> One that I observed was Dennis Rodman's only triple-double. He made a three-pointer as well. This was January 16th, 1996 against the Sixers. Uh, the Bulls were obviously the best team in the league at that point. It was Rodman's first year. He ended up with 21 boards, and he gets his final assist on a dish to MJ. And he was basically just, you know, they would pass the ball to Rodman just so he could pass the ball to somebody else at the end because basically that's all they were playing for. Let's try and get this guy a triple-double. It finally played out. It was awesome. Uh, those are all fantastic answers. I do not. Mine is probably not as great as those, but, you know, means something to me. I'm going to go game six of the Eastern Conference Finals when the Raps beat the Bucks uh, to go to the finals. And I know you'd be like, well, why wouldn't you just pick when they win the finals? Well, I was in Toronto when they ultimately won the championship. They're on the road, of course. That was still amazing. I'm in Jurassic Park. I'm doing hits for the show, and I'm partying with friends after. That was an incredible night. But that, the game six to get to the finals and specifically... You know, the fast break dunk where Kawhi throws it down, Lowry with the little dish there and like a little weird pick and everything. That was like truly the moment where I'm like, oh my God, my team is going to the NBA Finals. And it's like, I'm here. This is wild. Uh, so I'm going to pick that one. Not as cool as your answers, but uh, what a night that was as well. Tass, I think you were there, were you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, well, and it felt like, to me, I, I said it then, it felt like their championship when they... Yeah. When they oh, won yeah. that game. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I didn't think they were beating the Warriors. But. True. All right, next one here. AO Dunkle Bucks. Loving the film session pods at the moment, and they finally have given me an excuse to have my wife white watch White Men Can't Jump. I watched The Way Back just before you guys reviewed it and had the same issues with the straight from the playbook plotline. 
seems like crappy basketball teams just need a good talking to and they can turn their seasons around within a few games regardless of their lineup inefficiencies. That's right, Chubbs. I'm talking to you. With that in mind, I started thinking about basketball movies I'd like to see. Maybe the story of a guy who's great in high school but doesn't end up going to college. Not sure why yet. Maybe he's got to look after a sick mother or joins the army or something. He's rediscovered a few years later playing in a rec league game and is picked up by a European team. Could be some funny antics as he works his way through the Euro Leagues and then eventually gets a shot with an NBA team down the line. Doesn't have to be any good either. We're getting the whole movie here. Maybe he just gets a 10-day contract or only has one game with a team. Point is, he worked hard and got there, and everybody is happy, and we all go home. Do you guys have any ideas for basketball movies that don't follow the standard coach-turns-the-team-around plot? You heard a deer first. Have a grapevine. Tonka trucks, lullabies, autumn. <laughs> That's from Intis from the Gold Coast in Australia. Yeah, you really broke down his movie idea there. That's, uh, I didn't mind it. I was in. Uh, a little tweaking here and there. I think you got something. But my answer to this is just give me the Andre Ingram story. Like, hmm. It's wild. The guy was in the G League for 10 years. And he was a part-time math tutor. And then he gets a phone call from Magic Johnson. And he's like, hey, come on up and play. So he does on TNT. I don't know if you remember. Like, this is a couple years ago. I think it's 2018. Rockets, Lakers. The guy played 380 games in the minor leagues, right? So either D-League or G-League. The guy had been around long, so long it was called the D-League when he was still in it. And as a 32-year-old rookie, he subs in early in the second quarter and hits a three. And he's got the weirdest, funkiest shot. I remember we <laughs> talked about it at the time. Definitely not the prettiest-looking jump shot you've ever seen. But he hits his three, You know, makes a pair of free throws after that on the next possession. Then he hits another three. So the guy comes in, scores eight points in one minute. Kevin Harlan is on the call. I rewatched this yesterday just to refresh my memory. I forgot how hilarious he is. Like, he is yelling, he's a machine, about Andre Ingram uh, in a pointless game because the Lakers aren't making the playoffs. But he ends with 19 points, three blocks, three boards, shot six of eight from the field and four for five from deep. What I love about this as a movie, though, too, is um, it just seems like obviously such a likable character, someone you would want to root for. The guy's just down in the G Leagues that long, not giving up on his dream and making the NBA. Does, takes advantage of it. And... The Lakers don't win the game. He hits a three late to make it a three-point game. It makes it really close, but the Rockets still get the victory. So it's not one of these like, oh, they're carrying him off the floor. But the Rockets won, but it was still like he was the story. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. Very, very Rudy-like or something like that. So uh, uh, just give me that story. The Andre Ingram story. I'd watch that. I definitely didn't remember he had three blocks in that game. Yeah. I remember the three-pointers for sure, but what was he doing? Just flying around, chasing down everybody? Crazy. Pretty crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Uh, I wrote I wrote a movie as well. Um, here we go. Tell me if you guys would watch this. A coach inspired by kids' movies brings in a tiger to take his team to the next level. But it turns out <laughs> tigers don't know how to play basketball. And also, as it turns out, owning a tiger is illegal. Bringing it around minors is double illegal. So now the coach and the tiger are on the run trying to stay safe and find somewhere safe to live. We see a montage that the team is winning for their coach and will be playing in the championship game. Guess they didn't need him after all. The night after the game... Or the night before the game, Coach finds a safe home for his illegal tiger. However, as we all know, the illicit tiger trade is a dangerous one, and the Coach and Tiger are both kidnapped. Back at the game, the team wins the title, but the principal breaks the news about the Coach and Tiger being kidnapped in the locker room, which sets us up for the sequel. We're going to call the movie Tiger King. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, was that last part an S on the end? That's exactly right, yeah. The team name is called The Kings. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm in. I'd watch the hell out of that. Will Joel McHale be doing a post? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be zooming with all the cast members after our, uh, after the movie debuts. Okay, I love it. I'm sur- uh, centering mine around the referee. I know it's not exciting, but uh, it's a referee who is receiving bribes from people. And then what plays out on the floor is the bribe or the, or the bet goes the way that the, the better wanted. But we don't know if the referee actually fixed the game. And we kind of have to decide whether or not this guy is above board. And so we have to watch through these games and, and basically just follow this referee. And then in the end, we find out that he is a huge asshole and was fixing the games <laughs> or something to that effect. I, I just want to follow the referee and see and see, you know, it's a Tim Donaghy like thingamajig, right. but, but he could, he, you know, we're going to paint him in a definitely a positive light. So it, it may appear like he is above board. Okay. And maybe he is. I don't know. We can tweak it. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. You yeah. Maybe pick. Remember that movie? Remember they were making a couple of those on Netflix where you could pick where you wanted the movie to go? What was that? Bandersnatch. That's right? what it was called. Yeah, yeah. It was like right. a Black Mirror special or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That was trippy. All right, our next one. Dear No Dunkaroos. I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but I haven't shaved since my family began self-quarantining the day after the NBA season was suspended. I have a bit of a baby face and never imagined I could grow something that resembles an actual beard. Since Trey and JD have legendary beards, what advice do you have for a guy in his mid-30s that's new to the facial hair game? Thanks for the quarantine entertainment. Cheers from Massachusetts. That's from Andrew P. Well, first and foremost, I would say keep the beard around you know at this point even despite the quarantine i would say that a clean face is pretty rare you know we used to have uh half and half on the starters would have a beard and a clean face between tass and i had beards lee and skeets you guys had the shaved face but now we're four for four Mm -hmm. if we were ever to show our faces again um but now you just gotta let it ride you gotta let it ride but now you've been quarantined for what Six weeks, basically. Six, seven, you sh- yeah. Yeah, you should probably have trimmed it after two weeks. That, to me, gets rid of the itch factor. Uh, because the last time you shaved, it cut your hairs at sharp angles. So when you use these clippers, it'll be a little softer angle. And it'll grow in a little bit nicer. Also, you're going to want to taper your sides and your cheeks. I don't know another way to explain this. Go straight down from your cheekbones. And my final, my final bit of advice is that a mustache looks better on people than you would expect. We saw it with our friend Graydon Gordian. The guy grew a mustache as a joke, but it looked so good that he kept it for his wedding. <laughs> right? I had a friend, uh, Jerry, this week, who's like, uh, during the quarantine, he's like, I'm going to start measuring all, uh, all the time spent by mustaches. He's growing his third mustache right now, and they've all looked awesome. And I'd never seen this guy with a mustache in my life before. Wow. More people can pull it off than you would expect. Right. What did you think of mine when I was uh, jokingly uh, trying out the mustache way back? Even you, I was like... This looks all right. You had yeah. a nice hairy caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> JD, anything to add to that? Yeah, I, uh, I agree 100% with everything Trey just said. Um, you know, once you start getting into your length, you're going to have to decide, am I just going to let this thing, you know, you're going to keep it trimmed on the sides, as, as Trey said. But uh, I, I don't know about you, Trey, but mine becomes like a mass of pubes if I don't like straighten it, you know? Like, oh yeah, uh, I'm combing it out every day. Otherwise, so, it gets gnarly. And I would even go so far as to blow dry it. Ooh. Oh my god, oh, easy, yeah. Matt Austin. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, I'm all in on the blow dry. And then you know, a little bit of little bit of oil, 
didn't hurt anybody. It's uh, it's nice. It's a nice. So you're saying I should be doing this because I'm like a good like guinea pig in this. Like I'm growing really a beard for the first time. Like you said, it's starting to get out of control. Uh, Nora's all over me. You got to trim that up. I also just don't want to do it. It's a lot of work. You yeah, never really yeah. said that. It looks like something that's no work, but it's a lot of work. Oh, it's so much more work than just yeah. shaving. I yeah. Think. Um. So what? I should be doing this? Like you're saying, like combing it, putting these oils in it. Well, once it gets past two inches, two or three inches, I, mean, I would say, yeah. Basically where we're getting to, yeah. Okay. It's going to yeah. start driving you crazy if you don't. I I'm like right now, I didn't, I, have, I didn't do it yesterday, so I, and I worked out, and I sat down, and I can see my beard front, like without <laughs> look. Like, I don't even have to look down. It's poking past probably, it's hitting my mic right now. Like, oh, and it's, that's long. It's bad, really bad. So I got to comb this thing out. All right. Well, good luck, Andrew. Hopefully those tips uh, tips will uh, set you on the right path. Send in a photo. Let's see it. No dunks at the athletic.com. Let's see those beards. <laughs> I think for the first time, I actually took a comb to my beard during this, this quarantine because I haven't trimmed it whatsoever. Wow. God, it felt good. Mm. Oh, yeah. It felt great. And it's not even that long. I actually have mm. trimmed it, trimmed it once, but now it's getting a little musky and... I didn't realize how knotted up it was until I got a comb just soothing my follicles. It was amazing. <laughs> it's, and it's a great way to get the oil from your skin onto your beard as well, right? It's, oh, uh, nice, it's, nice. It feels great. Mm, yeah, I was feeling some dryness. Now I am feeling great. All right, next one here. Hello. I'm in my early 30s, and yesterday I had my wife film me dunking on our driveway basketball hoop. I put in some very mediocre dunks, but this morning my back was so spasmed that I could barely even bend over to put on my socks or shoes. R.I.P. Fish. I realize that No Dunks is not just a podcast, but new words for me to live by. What is something you have recently learned that you are now too old for? Thank you for keeping up with the podcast during the COVID pandemic. I'm an Atlanta doctor and have been listening to you guys since I was in college. I am working 28-hour shifts Damn. in the ICU right now. So during my shift, I get a moment of downtime. If I get a moment of downtime, I pop on the latest pod, and it helps me relax. Thanks, JB and ATL. No, thank you to you, JB, for yeah. doing what you are doing. Really appreciate it. And we are here in Atlanta as well. So uh, hopefully we don't see you soon. But thank you for, uh, <laughs> for putting in the work, my man. Yeah, thanks to all the frontline workers. And hey... You can support those frontline workers by going to nodunks.com and purchasing a t-shirt. Nice, yes. Uh, for me, it's tanning. <laughs> it's more, you know, the the times and the fact that I got a melanoma on my chest, but I used to tan competitively with my mother <laughs> just to see how dark we could get, you know? Oh, I don't uh, think I wore... Are you going to, like, tanning salons or no, no, no. standard outdoor tanning? Just if we happen to be somewhere, like, on a beach or at the sure. cottage or whatever. I don't think I wore sunscreen until I was in my 20s. Ever. Right. Never, right. ever. And, uh, yeah, it was bad. Really, really bad. Nothing healthy about a tan. No, but it looked great, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, I had pretty bad acne as a teenager, and if I was out in the sun, it just burned it all away. So, yeah. you know, there was, there was that. But I'm paying for it now. Oh. 
Okay, so you, you don't believe that, uh, like our old cameraman Rick, that sunscreen is a sham. Uh, that it's all bogus. It's all just it's all just branding and marketing. Uh, no, I, I do not believe that. Okay, good, good. good. <laughs> Leah, is there something you're too old for? Yeah, TikTok, learn? TikTok. Uh, it's been it's been a it's been a great quarantine for TikTok because everyone's on it, and I still don't really know what it is. I. I Sometimes you see edited videos, sometimes you see straight videos, sometimes there's all sorts of elements going on, and I'm like, so why can't we just put that on Instagram or Twitter? I don't know, but it's doing great, and you know what? If you're into TikTok, great. There was a really good one. Uh, there's been tons of really good ones out. There was one, though, the other day about the person uh, making fun of idiot uh, president talking about injecting um, uh, you know, bleach and disinfectant into your body great tiktok but i'm just like i still don't quite know what that oh you, is. you know where i saw that i saw that on twitter yeah, <laughs> yeah so there you go that's right that's where i saw it too but it yeah. was a tiktok and i'm like okay so what do we have to go to tiktok to watch it but there's no point really if it's going to be on twitter anyway it had like three hundred thousand likes so i mean she's getting great play out of that so yeah i know older people have you know killed it on tiktok but i'm just going to play the old man card on this one and say Keep not TikTok. for me <laughs> uh, Trey, you're 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 still young at heart. You're the youngest of the group. Is there anything you're too old for, though? Uh, yeah, My Little Pony. Our girls have recently started watching the new series. Um, so you know, I was like doing a little research to see what what are these kids watching, and it turns out it's the show that had uh, the massive brony following yeah. about what eight years ago, but. I didn't have kids at that time, so I wasn't going to be watching My Little Pony. But now that I'm seeing it, I'm like, this is a pretty good show. Uh, should I start a brony blog? I don't think I'm going to, but I don't know. When the when the little ones finally get their cutie marks, I might have to take to the internet. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess uh, my answer to this one might be, uh, it's so, so sad to say, it might be just drinking. Because... Mm. I, I like over during the quarantine here, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, cooped up in their house. So you're doing a lot of Zooms, I'm sure, with your friend and stuff. My buddy Grish, my buddy Dub, we're playing some uh, online golf. Got into a WGT golf uh, that we're fired up and you can play against each other. Hit the links, you know. And that's fine. But, of course, while we're doing it, having a few beverages. I'm like, I'm not talking about a lot here. Like, I'll have a couple drinks and I feel, I'm feeling it in the morning. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. So it's like... Yeah. I've, you know, that was never the case when you're a, a young oot. So, um, <laughs> did I just say young oot? I think I did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm just going drinking. But I really also, I want to get into, I love Lego, but I'm like hesitant to buy myself a Lego set to put together. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. You were talking about JD, I know you do it with your kids. You got kids at least. Like, what am I going to do? Order the Taj Mahal and put it together <laughs> just by myself? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I know. That's what I guess where I'm torn. I'm like, yeah, why not? Um, but then what am I going to do with it? And it's also that stuff's like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not it's just buying. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to buy a set if I'm going to do well, it. I could send a set over to you if you want. What are you taking it all apart? Yeah. So, well, some of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now. Yeah. Hell yeah. If I don't got to pay for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Free Lego. I'll hook you up. Okay. All right. We'll talk. What were you going to say, Lee? <laughs> Uh, it's, it is a little weird for a grown man without kids to just be hanging out and building his own Legos. Because uh, oh. a, a girlfriend of mine, uh, yeah, her husband, he was into Legos. And uh, I, when I used to go and see him, I'm just like, 
This is a little odd, man. It's a little odd. You're building these Legos just for You're your own pleasure. You're putting together puzzles by yourself. Is it that much? Is it that Puzz- come on, man. Puzzles, puzzles aren't Legos. I'm not there with my like. No, they're Lego not as cool. No, puzzles are way cooler. Uh, but listen, no. I, I'm hey, listen, I'm heavy into Lego right now because my kids are crazy for it. We got more Lego than Lego house. But uh, I'm just saying, if if I didn't have kids, I don't think I'd be here uh, building my Legos. I'm just saying that. I just it's a little weird if you're a grown man. It's not that weird. Come on. It's like building a model. Is model building weird? Maybe? I don't know. It's like uh, without the airplane glue. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, like I mean. building a puzzle that is 3D. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's no, but it's like my, uh, like the puzzle I bought the first one was Dr. Seuss, right? Because I was going to do it with my kids. <laughs> yeah, a grown man uh, puzzle. Yeah, but then, no, but see, that was like He's a kid involvement. It's, it's like the Lego. No, it's like the Lego. You you know, I'm, I'm not buying Legos for me. It's for their kids. So I helped them with that. But the next Lego, uh, the next jigsaw I bought, well, it's, it's this cafe in Paris or somewhere because the kids weren't all that interested. So this one's all mine. Mm. <laughs> you know what, care. though? I'd like to push yeah, back. I see the you difference now. <laughs> yeah. when, you're ta- when you're talking about, um, you know, I'm buying it for the kids. You know yeah. what? I think that's a bit of a lie. I think there's a little bit of you deciding whether you're going to like it too with it. What, the Lego? Yep. No, no, no. Because yep. the kids, the kids like put in their orders. They're like, I want this one. I want that one. It's not like me saying, here, you want to try this really cool one and, you know, <laughs> taking it off into my bedroom and building it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I'm oh, just yeah, put off. busy with your puzzle. Yeah, I, I was put off by my friend whose who's, who's husband was into it. I'm just like, yeah, I think you're going to get on. some. Plus, I think you're going to get some blowback on this mm, one, Lee. I'm yeah. telling Ooh. you, you know, there's some some loyal Lego builders out there. I think Ben Gulliver's a huge Lego guy, actually. Is that right? I think he built the Taj Mahal. I'm pretty sure he was doing that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was. I'm gonna be finished. Well, what, what? How do you feel about adult coloring books, Lee? Yeah, thumbs down on those. I mean, <laughs> if you um, if you want to paint or draw. Or oh color yourself. Do it yourself, man. Just do it oh yourself. You don't need you don't need a coloring book. <laughs> but why not? Why? Well, it's very because relaxing. It, it it's it's yeah. it, it, it relieves stress. <laughs> well, I yeah, think but, there's but a it, bit of a middle a middle ground here. Uh, Lee doesn't think adults can do it. Uh, Skeets thinks uh, obviously do, kids doing it is fine. Why don't you guys, the two of you, get on a Zoom call? Skeets, you start building Lego with Lee's kids at the same time. I mean, kind of, <laughs> oh, that, that's a great idea. That yeah. is a nice idea. I, yeah. that's, I love that idea. Okay. You're welcome uh, anytime to come around and play Lego with the kids. Anytime you want. That's fine. I Even actually, now? Even now? No, no, no. Well, no. yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, just put a mask on and we'll be in separate parts of the room. But you're fine. Yeah, it's fine. There's enough Lego to go around. Um, I just, I just purchased crayons because I'm going to, uh, I might dip into some cray- some adult coloring here uh, lately. So I'm going to report back to you. <laughs> okay. And you decided on crayons as your utensil oh, wow. rather than I, oh, like a colored pencil? Oh, guarantee. I was like, if I'm doing this, I'm going OG. I'm going the normal 12 pack of crayons. I don't want a lot of colors. I want, I got to get creative. I want to put myself in the crayon box <laughs> and really force my creativity that way. Yeah. Yeah, I got. Um, well, maybe it's twenty four. Yeah, it might be twenty four, um, but it's gonna arrive soon, so I'll let you know. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. All right, next one. <laughs> Very cool. No, they, oh Jesus, man! I thought you thought that last one was controversial. <laughs> Look at this one, Lee. Yo, yo, yo! No dunkers. Yo, yo, yo! Is this Mo Verney right here? <laughs> um, there has been a lot of social media buzz recently about how terrible a person Ellen is. 
Mm. I'm curious how conflicted Lee is right now. Has he regretfully broken off his infatuation with Ellen? Peace. That's from Iziru. Mm. Lee, speak to this. What do you think? Maybe maybe even give us the backstory of why there's yeah. this, uh, what this Ellen controversy yeah, is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a rough few months for Ellen, for sure. Um, it started really when she was at, the, at a football game. I don't know if it was a Super Bowl, maybe... Um, she was sitting next to George Bush, W. Bush, and yakking it up. And then she went on her show and, and sort of defended by going there and being friends and saying, you've got to be kind to everyone. And that's not a good look because George Bush is not a nice person. He's a horrible human being. He is Trump without the tweets. And he does not deserve forgiveness, what he did. I mean, he sent thousands and thousands of Iraqis and U.S. military people to their death unnecessarily. He lied about it. He's not a good person. He's a horrible human being. And Ellen trying to sort of laugh it off like, you know, we all, we all disagree with each other, but, you know, let's, let's forgive each other and be kind to each other. It's not, it's not a good look. It's awful, in fact. And yeah, especially when it turns out you're not kind to everyone. Exactly. Ellen. And yeah. now she has a reputation for being very nasty to her own staff. Um, now, we, I haven't verified any of that other than, you know, from what you see online. But she does carry reputation. And our friend Rick, who's uh, getting his second shout out here, he told us that, that uh, she's very nasty to work with. But, mm-hmm. the, you know, the thing there with, with George W. Bush, like I say, he's, he's kind of come back into sort of favoritism somewhat because Trump is so bad. But that's not a good look. That's, that's you know, that, he's just a, an awful human being. And I despise him. And yeah, the question I don't isn't like- about Bush. The question's about Ellen. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I despise him and I despise the fact that she was sort of like trying to make up as if it's all good and he's, you know, oh, just because you don't agree with the president, you know, he's not a bad guy. No, he's an awful human being. And then when the coronavirus sort of quarantined all of us, basically the first thing she said when her show kind of came back on, she made this joke uh, that was very, very tasteless saying like coronavirus and being quarantined is like being in prison. And that really doesn't, uh, does it? That doesn't come across well when she's sitting there in her mansion that's worth like sixty million out in um, you know California or on the beach there somewhere. It's a beautiful mansion. Anyone would love to live in it. And she's joking. And then, what I found even worse, she made a joke about everyone in jail being gay, which I would think as a gay person and as a, as a vocal supporter of the uh, of the gay community that Al Ellen would be offended by someone saying that. Myself. I thought, you know, because prison is not a nice place and what goes on in prison, we know it's not fun. And, and to make jokes about gay people in prison, I think was just really, really a bad look for her. So, so are you uh, off Ellen? Are you no longer watching? I mean, I, I'm not really watching right now, to be honest. I, I Listen, I still follow her on social media, I'll admit that, but um, I'm very close to unfollowing her and, and moving on from her because I really don't like the way she's been lately is true. I mean, when, when Isru, uh, Isru's asked if I've regretfully broken off, it's not regretfully. I'm like, she's not, she's, she's looking like an awful human right now. And, um, she needs some, uh, she needs to sort of, I don't know. She needs to apologize and she needs to come out and, and say things that are not, uh, I mean, she did kind of apologize for those jokes about uh, prison and stuff, but you know, the George W. Know, Bush I didn't stuff. know about that part. I didn't. I hadn't heard about uh, this yeah, uh, latest yeah. sort of controversy. I didn't know. Yeah, well, that was that was. Uh, I guess. I mean, who knows? Like three weeks ago. I don't know. Four weeks. I can't remember. But um, yeah, it was it was really bad. Um, and then what happened was after the George W. Bush stuff, someone put up on on the internet while she was basically defending herself for being friends with him. Someone put all the images from the Iraq War, some of the worst oh, I, images yeah, I remember that. behind I remember her. That. 
so she got her lawyers basically you can't find that video online anymore and this is the internet where you can find everything so her lawyers basically scrubbed that from the internet which again it's like she deserved it she deserved that she deserved that criticism for it so um yeah i'm uh i've definitely torn this guy i've definitely souring i've definitely soured on her a lot um you know i don't and i'm not sure if i'm going to come back because uh unless she really does take back the stuff she said about bush and uh, you know, I mean, the, the jokes and stuff like that. I, I said she sort of apologised. Like, yeah, it's tough. I'm I'm not really feeling her right now. That's for sure. So, who's going to replace Ellen for you? That's the question. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Wendy Williams. Wanda Sykes. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Okay. <laughs> sure. Well, she, she did. Does have she have her a own. daily she, show? Yeah, she did. It didn't last very long. Uh, but right. Maybe maybe there's a little window there for her now to get back in. She's great in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, she's so funny. Does Jeff Probst still have a talk show? Oh, yeah. Who? Jeff Probst, because I know you've been uh, oh. loving how fired Ooh. up he gets when he's talking to somebody. Yeah. I know he definitely used to have a talk show. I don't know if it's still active, though. But wow. there's an option. Wow, I didn't know. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know about that. I'm going to yeah. check it out. Thank God we didn't make that the last uh, question. We would have ended uh, quite the note. We got one more. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, listen, I, I, it's my, my uh, affection for Ellen is well known over the years for people who listen to the show, but this sort of stuff, I, 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 don't, I don't think is very good for her at all. So, you know, I hope she changes back to the way she was. I do remember her joke now um, about, about it being in jail. She combined, they're both combined, right? The jail yes, and the it gay was, joke. Yes. Yeah, she said, she said yeah. one thing that I've learned from being in quarantine is that people, this is like being in jail, is what it is. It's mostly because I've been wearing the same clothes for 10 days and everyone in here is gay. Mm. Right, right, right. Well, she, mm. is a, she is a comedian. Let's not forget that. Yeah. But eh, not a very funny joke. I'll give you that. No, no, uh, no. All right, last email here. Let's end it on a positive note, maybe. We'll see. What's up, no dunkers? Still waiting on that compost pod. My family recently entered the compost game, and I've already got my wife to agree to listen to your pod once it drops. Respect. It's coming. It will be her first full episode. My question, my question is unrelated. First and only, I'm sure. Who wants to hear about compost? What is there to say about compost? And that's coming from me. A man who loves to compost. Um, his question is unrelated. My wife started cutting my hair during the lean years after college and just never stopped. So when the quarantine happened, I'm still looking buddy fresh. <laughs> what is something that unknowingly prepared you for the quarantine? That's from Dylan. Thanks, Dylan. Yeah, thanks, Dylan. Um, I think my answer is podcasting. The early days of podcasting. Specifically, J.D., Tass, and I, you know, not long after we were meeting at J.D.'s apartment to record the podcast, we took this bad boy to Skype. So what I mean here is we can still produce this content because we had a little experience uh, way, way, way back in like 2007, 2008. Barely had the internet at that point. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't like it. I can't speak for all you guys. Of course, I wish we were in the office looking at each other, having laughs, farting on each other, you know? Um, but, uh, I guess we've gotten, I hope to, I like to think we got a little bit better at this being in separate rooms and in separate apartments and houses and stuff like that. But I think those early days helped us out a little bit, we tapped into it a little bit where, uh, you know, it, it is a little bit of a dance. Sometimes the technology isn't your friend and there's sometimes little weird pauses, but I think, uh, 
you just get a little used to it the more you do it. So maybe those early days of podcasting is my answer. Oh, 100%. I had the, exactly the same thing. It's, there you go. Uh, we, it hasn't changed much <laughs> from the <laughs> 14 or 13 years ago when we did it. I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> Right, right. Why isn't our theme song, Welcome to my old apartment? <laughs> you want Bob Cajun? Let's talk a little BNL. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's not. Uh, anybody else have an answer? Well, sort of just along the same lines, I guess it's the uh, the summer drop-offs that we used to do at the, uh, at, at the starters there because, you know, the, the sort of sudden grinding halt of the NBA season was tough for people to adjust to, but because we had done so many other podcasts not related to basketball, I think it was a little bit easier of a transition for us, you know, that right. we're like, okay, well, we have to find other things to talk about. And having already done those several times, we were like, we had some idea of how to approach it. So I think uh, I think that's been good. Like, it's been fun talking about other stuff, for sure, and, yeah. and trying a few few different things out. And, uh, and that's what the pod gives you that freedom to do. It's like, you know what, you've got an idea. Let's see if we can go ahead with it. Yeah, I think you guys are exactly right. And I even kind of think that doing the TV show prepared us for remote podcasting a little because just like when you're doing TV, you're not you're trying not to talk over each other all the time. You're almost waiting your turn to be able to do so. And that's what you got to do when you can't see each other's faces as well. I just honestly feel born for the quarantine. I don't like taking showers. I don't like shaving. I haven't got a haircut in two years. Everybody's obsessed with beans, and everybody is watching the Bulls right now. It's easy for me. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Well said. All right, guys. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll stick with uh, Dylan's theme of composting for my answer here because it, it, it involves my outdoor space. And uh, what I was unknowingly prepared for was getting eye infections during the quarantine. Oh, no. uh, I... Luckily, I had some fluticasone propionate, propionate, uh, still still in my cabinet from my last eye infections. Because I don't know if this happened to you guys, but uh, took my old weed whacker outside, thrashing some weeds out in my backyard, and I guess somehow. Uh, Every time I do it, the pollen directly go, goes directly into my eyeballs, both eyes, and I'm I'm red. My eyes are bleeding red every single time. So luckily, I had this eye medication. They went away. Took it for the, the I had the entire uh, prescription filled. Was good for a full week, and then like ten days later during this quarantine, they came back. Oh no! Uh, so um, I still had enough. I think I think it's gone now. But uh, I gotta be wearing my eyewear out there. Yeah. So. Why are you wearing goggles out there? Yeah. The weed yeah. Whacker, man, that's it's dangerous. Just... You can't catch a rock. Fires off something. Yeah, I know. I know. I just like to live on the edge. It's just it's just <laughs> another thing to do. Um, but uh, but the ones I actually have, Trey actually wore them in a uh, a pick and payoff video of ours a few months ago. They've really nice. been they've really been chipped. Um, so I got some new ones. They're like Oakleys. I look like a loser out in the front yard. I'm, I'm mowing the lawn, saying hi to the neighbors with these these bright yellow glasses, uh, like I'm reading at night. Now I'm really trying to lose the blue light effect, the blue filter. Uh, not cool, but got to do it. Got to do it because my eyes are bleeding during the it's quarantine. Weird, uh, it's weird you're getting eye infections when we're not in the office farting on each other. <laughs> Maybe that's what was keeping our eyes. Eyes so strong, <laughs> having to batter fecal matter at all times. 
if you uh, if you run out of eye drops, let me know. I've got some contraband here that are some really good eye drops. Picked them up in uh, Peru. Yeah, every time we go there, we every time we go there, yeah, you can get them. Over, you can get them over the counter. You don't need a prescription, and they're uh, they're the real deal, man. They clean your wow. eyes up in no time. Well, I've had a couple of eye problems as well. I was grinding up Ooh. some red pepper and a spice grinder, and I went to clean it out, and I blew it, and just oh. a, a cloud of red pepper into my eyes. Oh. That was bad, but not as bad as yesterday when I was trying to clean out uh, like a glue nozzle for the girls. I closed it, and it shot just a single drop of glue straight into my eye. Oh, <laughs> apparently <laughs> yeah, it's water soluble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which uh, you know, I guess I am a little bit prepared for that as well because Skeets, I actually have your eye patch from back in the day, so I'll throw it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what a way to end this podcast, guys. Keep the emails coming. What a batch that was this week. Email us nodunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. Hashtag nodunks. Tomorrow, Thursday, we got a brand new No Buffs Survivor Recap Podcast. Only three Survivor episodes remain of Survivor Winners at War. So check for that one on Thursday. Thursday night, Lee, why don't you just tell the people out there, who are you interviewing? Who's this special guest you got? Uh, he is the Australian Bob Costas. His name is Bruce McAvaney. He's covered every single Olympics Games since 1980 in Moscow. He was in Australia for that one, but ever since that, he's been actually in person in those Olympics Games. He's called some of the greatest sporting moments in Australian history. And uh, I met him last year when we were out, when I was out in Australia, and so I'm very excited about this one. It's going to be a, a fun podcast, hopefully. And hopefully it won't just be for Australians. I hope other people will enjoy this uh, these stories. Because as I said, uh, I think it was yesterday or today, I can't remember, uh, he's interviewed Michael Jordan. He interviewed Michael Jordan. So he's, uh, he's definitely got a, a basketball connection there, which we'll talk about. And um, I'm very excited for this one. Bruce. <laughs> All right, so that's late, late, late on Thursday night. Yes. Friday, new film session. We've locked it in. We are watching Teen Wolf. Wow, this is Lee Ellis week here on No Dunks, man. We, we got Bruce. We got uh, Teen Wolf, man. We're talking about fish. So, yeah, that is um, our Friday film session. Make sure you watch Teen Wolf. I think it's uh, I think it's a pretty cheap uh, rent online. I think it, I think it's like two ninety nine, maybe a dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine. So uh must be a great movie. Uh, it's a great movie. Yeah, oh, can't. it is not. It is not. Oh. You've already watched it, Trey. Yeah, I watched it last night and there was just a moment where it hit me. This is really about a teenager turning into a wolf. <laughs> hey, it was so good they made a TV series out. Hey, of it. Spoilers, I didn't even know that. Man. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, all right, so yeah, Teen Wolf on Friday, guys. Let's call it there, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, no dunks. Previous favorite Bruce, Bruce Pearl, has now been overtaken by Bruce <laughs> McAvaney. <laughs> Embrace the day, people.